Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Bronco, holy! Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out, he may run. Mahomes, no, throw the end down. Battle intercepted. Picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All big Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live on YouTube today for episode 231. Welcome back. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. It is a late night edition of the Cannon Fire podcast as we are going to be giving you the game preview show for the visiting Buffalo Bills. Seven and five as they come to town off of an embarrassing loss on prime time to the New England Patriots. And they get to face the man who has single-handedly owned their franchise for the better part of 20 years during his time in New England, Tom Brady. So, uh, you know, with all of that being said, I think we should look at this try and look at this game as uh you know indifferent as possible maybe we're a little biased towards the success of tom brady but that's what makes this week's ma- uh this week's matchup that much better because you know we can talk all the trash we want about what tom was able to do during his time in new england against buffalo but the fact of the matter is all the way back at the start of the season when we were looking at the opponents for tampa bay on their schedule this is uh this is one of those games it's one of those weeks. It is the Buffalo Bills. While I did not think they would be 7-5 and five by the time week 14 rolled around, I am pleasantly surprised. But the Bills, they've still got some pieces. They've still got Josh Allen under center. And uh, whether people like to hear it or not, they still have what a lot of people could consider a high-powered offense. So if the Buccaneers are not ready to play their best football, because the Buffalo Bills will be playing their best football this week, uh, if the Bucks are not ready, this one could be a shootout. Now, we'll get to the uh, the game predictions and all of that here in just a little bit. But first and foremost, before we go any further, Evan, let me go and ask you, my friend, how you doing? Happy happy Friday. Finally Friday. Been a long-ass week, too. Yeah, it's finally Friday. Friday's pretty much over. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got an hour, a little over an hour left in our Friday. So if you're not one of our West Coast listeners, you know, hanging out with us over here on the East Coast, it's Coming up on 10.45 p.m. So, like I said before, definitely a late-night episode of the pod. So, yeah, happy Friday, but also, people, enjoy your Saturday. Um, yeah, weekend's you know, here, yeah. baby. Yeah, it's here. It's always always a good time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing quite well. How are you? I am doing good, man. I'm really excited to talk about this game because, like I keep saying, you know, this is just one of those games where it seems like the pressure is raised just a little bit. I mean, obviously, whenever the Bucs are going to play a good team, people are going to pay attention. But the Bills are one of the toughest teams on the schedule. We've been talking about it for weeks as we are 
you know, making our way through the second half of the largest NFL season of all time, this is still one of the toughest games on the schedule for Tampa Bay. And uh, it should be a really good matchup. I'm pretty curious to see what happens here. But, you know, with all of that being said, kind of circling back to what I had said before, I think what's most important as we look at this game from just a broad perspective, uh, a lot of people have described things leading up to this game as, you know, a playoff atmosphere. And I like that. For the first time this season, especially in Raymond James Stadium, that's also helpful, the Bucks being at home this week. But uh, it will be a playoff atmosphere because while the Bills are 7-5 and five and, you know, still trying to hang in there with the rest of the AFC, it's pretty competitive over there. New England, I think, still the one seed. Um, and, and that's pretty crazy because this was a New England team that had only won two games when the Bucks had come to town all those weeks ago, and they pretty much haven't lost since then. Um, but, I mean, for the Bills, there are playoff implications for Tampa Bay if they want to get to that one seed. If they want to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, that's going to be important that they get a win this week. While they're not playing an NFC opponent, it's still important that they get the win, keep that record going, and uh, try to advance to 10-3 and on the year. So, you know, with all of that being said, it just it feels like the pomp and circumstance of this game is a little bit bigger than it usually is. And I think that's what most people are pretty excited for when it comes to this matchup. Yeah, I mean, this is a potential, I still believe, uh, this is a potential Super Bowl matchup. This was actually, this was my pick for the Super Bowl this year. I, I was pretty confident in picking Buffalo. I mean, they haven't looked like a Super Bowl favorite so far. But again, the Bucks were 7-5 and five just a year ago, and they ended up winning the whole damn thing. So you never know what's going to happen here. Buffalo kind of going through an interesting phase. But yeah, just a lot going on with both these teams. Yeah, and, and like you said, I didn't really expect... Um... You know, you kind of expected the Bucks to be around the, the spot they're at, uh, nine and three, maybe a little bit better. But um, you didn't really expect Buffalo to have five losses already. You know, I don't even think I predicted them to have five losses all season, and here they are with a few games left, and um, they're already at five. So, yeah, the the Bucks are going to put their undefeated uh, streak at home uh, on the line. They're going to put it on the line. Uh, the last time they lost at home, I believe, was to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, was over a year ago. So they had they haven't lost in Raymond James Stadium in over a year. And in a game that counts, preseason does not count. Whatever, um, in a game that counts, they have not lost in Raymond James Stadium, even the Super Bowl. So um, they're going to put that on the line here against. You know, we talk about the Cowboys, and you know, with that being the opener, there's a lot of unknowns, right? Turns out the Cowboys are a pretty good team this year, but you always looked at this game as probably the toughest that they were going to play, right? Probably the toughest and um, probably, honestly, yeah, the opener is the opener and that's always going to have the appeal, but probably the the highest, I guess the big, the marquee matchup right, uh, that right. they were going to. Yeah, they were gonna do that this season at home. This was this um, was also like the one game on the schedule where all year I kept telling myself, "Don't be surprised if it gets flexed into prime time." I don't know if it still can. I don't know if the window is still open. It didn't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't flexed. think. Yeah, it's, I don't but think I mean, so. even even when you looked at the schedule, I know the Bucks had five other prime time games, but this is one of those games that you know it really would have brought in a huge audience on prime time. Yeah, I mean, it would have. Uh, but a reminder: the Bucks are on prime time next week anyway. Yeah. Uh, they're on Sunday. They're on Sunday night anyway. Next week, so um, I forget what the Sunday night game is this week. But you're right. I mean, this definitely was. You get later in the year. This could be a candidate to get flexed. Of course, it wasn't, or else they would have already announced it. But um, 
yeah, I mean, you know, uh, like I said, the Bucks are undefeated at home, and they're five and zero. They're guaranteed to have a winning record at home, but you put it on a line against a team that needs this victory. I yeah. mean, you know, we're not a Bills podcast, but like if we were just looking at just a slate of NFL games, if we were, you know, fans or covered any other NFL team, we'd be looking at this game, Bucks versus Bills, and saying, man, the Bills need a win. Like they need a win because if they don't, Indianapolis is right behind them and Indianapolis beat them head to head. So the bills, if they lose this game, they could be looking on the outside, looking in here shortly. So they're going to be a desperate team coming to Tampa and the, the Bucks are going to have to be ready. Uh, I think they will be ready, but you never know because I think Buffalo, while they've been playing poorly, you know, and maybe not even poorly, maybe not up in the expectations. They're still, I think, a very talented team. And I still think they're better than the Patriots. I think they're the best team in the East. Um, I think they're a top three team in the AFC. Right now, they're just not showing it. So the Bucs are going to have to be ready for it. I think they will be. Yeah. Well, regardless of, you know, how they look compared to the rest of the AFC, they are definitely fighting for their lives right now. As you said, six losses on the season and a seven and six record in the AFC with the way that yeah, all of these it, other it, teams it's, it's it's seven and five i i think you, you're you're trying to, to forecast no well i there. meant if they lost this week and, and they're sitting <laughs> okay. at seven and okay. six in the afc especially the afc be... the way these teams have played this the, you know last couple of months i mean kansas, afc it's the top seed is four losses it, right can't well kansas city turning around and you know really yeah. doing whatever kansas city's back I yeah think, i think yeah. everybody expected that at a kansas city but i don't think anybody expected new england to go on the absolute tear that they're they not have. good they're and not end good. Up, and end up the one seed. They're, they're they not, are the one care. seed. With... I don't. I don't care. Okay. I do not care. Well, New I England said might Buffalo, not be good. I said Buffalo is the best team in the East. It, yeah, they're not good. Buff or uh, New England might not be good in your eyes, but w- facts are facts here. And if if there's we, five teams in the we, AFC that are better than the Patriots, right if now. we check our sheets, I just wanted to make a point about Buffalo really quick. Regardless of your personal feelings on New England, this is still a team that beat the Buffalo Bills only throwing the ball. Three total times on Monday Night Football. They were, the I, I wanted be themselves. They're one for four in the red zone. Come on. All right. You, you, you saw. You watched that game. You saw the wind conditions, right? That is not normal playing conditions. No, it's definitely not. So, definitely not. yeah, they got another game versus the Bills coming up. So the Bills will whoop them. Okay. Well, all the yeah, that, uh, that's, all the, that's the, the amount of Patriots versus Bills talk you'll get. That's it. All the Patriots fans who are, you know, big Brady fans who listen to this podcast to get caught up on Tampa Bay want to punch you out right now. <laughs> Mac Jones is the that's, truth. That's a way. Mac Jones. Mac, Mac, Mac Jones. <laughs> so uh, really quickly, before we dive into this football game, I want to cover the injury report for Tampa Bay. So some positive news on the injury front. As far as what it looks like this week, aside from, you know, Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards still missing some action, Jordan Whitehead is the only player who is officially ruled out for Tampa Bay. Uh, But there are some players who I think are really just going to prioritize getting through this week and staying healthy. Um, There's a couple of guys who are not 100% by any means, um, but I do think they're going to be good enough to give it a go on Sunday against Buffalo. One of them is a guy who doesn't pop up on the injury report all too often. We talked about this on the mailbag show earlier this week. That's the center, big number 66, Ryan Jensen. He should be good to go for Sunday after not practicing at all on Wednesday and Thursday. 
He was a full go on Friday and uh, looked about as normal as he could have. So for an offensive line that at this point in the season is playing like one of the best in the NFL, it's obviously going to be important to get your starters out there, but you already lost Ali Marpet for a game. You had to have a guy step up. Aaron Stinney stepped in. He got hurt. Then you ended up with Nick Leverett all of a sudden. Like that was a, you know, a flurry of injuries on your offensive line. Luckily, most of them are still healthy and uh, Ryan Jensen being good to go for this Sunday after not practicing those couple of days, huge sigh of relief. And is um, mostly because if Jensen couldn't go, you're likely looking at Robert Hainsey, the, the, the rookie, probably line up at center. And it's just not the, the conditions that you want a rookie uh, third round pick in his first half of a start to be going up against, you know, a good team like Buffalo uh, in a game that, you know, the Bucks really, if they want any shot at a, at a one seed, they have to win out. I mean, you know, let, let's be realistic. The Bucks have to win out if they want any shot at the one seed. If you lose this weekend, you can officially, I think, kiss the one seed goodbye. But, um, you know, it's a, it would be a tough spot to put a rookie in, and I'm really glad that Jensen was able to push through. And, and you're right, you know, the flurry of injuries that they had. Luckily, Marpet, it was only a one-week thing. Um, you know, Leverett filled in fine he was fine right it's it's tough because he wasn't even supposed was, to start in the first place you know it was stinny and then stinny gets hurt and you know Leverett has to come in and, and sort of do the job and, and he did it stinny's still down i believe he was placed on ir so he's got another he's got this game and he's got the saints game that he's definitely out and then he can return after that um but yeah i mean it's it's good to have the, the offensive line healthy uh, the Bucks offensive line has been very healthy this season as it was last season and obviously as we saw last season it's a huge key so um it's really nice to have Jensen especially in, in a big time matchup like this one yeah and I do want to take one second listen I'm a big fan of the fat guys on the uh line of scrimmage doesn't matter the side of the ball I like the offensive linemen I like the big hogs on the other side of the ball the defensive linemen trying to get after the quarterback but I do want to take a quick 10, 15 seconds. Just kind of clap it up for the Buccaneers offensive line this season. Huh? I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I, I really do think these guys deserve a little bit of credit for what they've been able to do this season. And I mean, even last season, the jump as a unit that they made between 2019 and 2020, protecting Tom Brady that first season, that was kind of a wild card, right? You didn't entirely know if they would be able to be consistent enough. You had guys well, on that you, offensive you had, line, like Donovan you, Smith. You had, you had a rookie, rookie right tackle. Yeah, rookie you right know? tackle. I mean, Tristan Wirth has been nothing short of a stud, right? I, I think everybody been, can agree on that. But yeah. uh, another guy who he, I think he's deserves, been beyond expectations. Yeah. That's not this yeah. isn't that's not a normal rookie, folks. Oh, he's playing like an eight-year vet out there at the position. It is insane. But another guy I think who does deserve his flowers a little bit, as far as this season goes. I think left tackle Donovan Smith is probably having his best regular season of all time, like of his career. Um, I don't know how many penalties he has on the year. I think it's less than five, but I also think he's only given up one or two sacks on the season. And for a left tackle, that's pretty damn impressive. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say too much about Donovan Smith. I mean, I've been on this show countless times sort of, you know, defending him a little, you know, I, I have called him average in the past. Sure. Uh, this season, he has been spectacular. Um, he hasn't been like a top two tackle in a league, but you don't need him to be. Um, you know, like I said, I've defended him many times in the past because while I said he is average, there are so many people that think Donovan Smith is the worst tackle in the NFL. And it's just not, that's just not how that works. So last season, 
he was good. You know, I, I think he was, he was good. Um, but this season he's really taken it up a, a notch and uh, he's definitely done a really good job and hopefully it continues. Uh, the Bucks were wise enough. He's still, he's under contract for two more seasons after this one. So, uh, you know, you, you have your tackle positions really locked up for the future here. Oh yeah. And uh, as we kind of start to put a bow on the injury talk for this week, we have a quick question from our guy, Tom in the live chat here. It comes after this update. Um, you know, talking about injuries and guys in that secondary really starting to get back to where they were, at least earlier in the season. Richard Sherman was activated off of injury reserve, and he is back at practice. We knew his window had opened up. Last time we talked to you guys, the Buccaneers officially activate him. With that being said, we also talked about Richard Sherman kind of getting more experience at safety. Maybe the Bucks have a little bit more planned for him at that safety position, but uh, this is a great question from our guy Tom in the live chat. I don't think Sherman starts this week, but Tom is asking us this. Who is starting at safety this week? Last week, it was, um, what, it was Antoine Winfield Jr. and uh, I think Andrew Adams to start things off, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, and that, that'll be the, the the two guys this week. Um, yeah, the, they'll, they'll be the two. I believe Arian said he, he hopes, you know, Sherman is going to be activated. Um, he was actually, he was activated off IR, but um, Arians, I believe he said he hopes he doesn't really have to play. Um, I don't really think they want to push it, right? They don't really, they sort of pushed him to play when he shouldn't have, right? When he signed. And I don't think they want to push him right now either. So, um, you know, it's not really, a lot of people are thinking this is like a position switch, which isn't the case. A lot of guys cross train. Uh, Ross Cockrell, he's a cornerback. He can play safety. How can that work, right? Mike Edwards is a safety. He can play corner. So a lot of guys do it. It's just, you know, with Richard Sherman being a big name, they need some help there. I think you're only going to see Sherman on Sunday in an absolute emergency situation. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to throw another name into the hat here, something Bucks fans might be a little more familiar with, Rondé Barber towards the end of his career. I mean, if we want to talk about big names, this is a guy with a Hall of Fame resume who made the yeah. transition over to playing safety his last couple of seasons here in the Bay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um you know, and that's more of a position change. That's not what Sherman is going to be, I don't think. Um, I just think they want him to be ready wherever they need him. Because, yet again, the question always was when they signed Sherman, okay, what happens when all the cornerbacks are healthy? Yeah. Now all the corners are healthy, so now you have another spot to put Sherman and be able to use him, right? Um, so I, I think that was was mostly the, the purpose there. Uh, Low Bello says, Bill's lost to the Jaguars. Better be able to beat them. If the Jaguars can shut down the Bills passing game, our defense should be able to have a good game. Well, it, the NFL is a week-to-week thing, right? I mean, the, the Bucs lost to the Washington football team. Um, yeah, the Bucs lost to the Saints and Trevor Simeon. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's a week-to-week thing. It's not it, – it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, if, if the Bucks are thinking that is the Bills lost to the Jaguars, that the Bucks is going to go out there and dominate, the Bucks are going to lose by 10. Like, it's it's not going to work that way. So you got to be able to handle your business. Like I said, the NFL, it's any given Sunday for a reason. And it's a week-to-week thing. Things change. So Yeah, 100%. So let's go ahead and dive into uh, what this game can offer us right off of the bat. Without the postseason implications that we have done nothing but talk about to this point, uh, Sunday's contest will feature two of the top six scoring teams in the NFL. The Buccaneers are first in the league. The Bills are sixth. 
the league's top-scoring offense in Tampa Bay, the league's top-ranked defense in Buffalo, the second-ranked rush defense in Tampa Bay, the second-ranked scoring defense in Buffalo, two of the top four teams in scoring differential. The Bills are first in the league. The Buccaneers are fourth. And uh, also, two of the top teams in yardage differential. The Bills are first in the league, and the Buccaneers are second. So, what side of the ball do you want to talk about first? I mean, there are, you know, there is potential to be fireworks all over the field. But, um, you know, we can either break down the Buccaneers' offense versus Buffalo's defense or the other way around. What would you like to start with? Yeah, let's talk about the Bucks' offense versus uh, the, the Bills' defense because the Bills' defense this season has been spectacular. Yeah. Uh, points per game allowed, 16.3 on the season. That's second best in the NFL. Yards per game allowed, 272.3. That's first. That's best in the NFL. Yards per play allowed, 4.6. That's best in the NFL. And opponent passer rating, 62.9. That's also first in the NFL. Now, one thing that I think there should be an asterisk next to this, but there's not. This is all done without Tredavious White, who will not be playing in this game. I believe the torn ACL is seeing his, his season is over. Um, so a lot of this was done with Tredavious white and now Tredavious white, their best corner, a fantastic corner. I think a top 10 corner in the NFL is not going to be there now. So you haven't really been able to see the bills defense without Tredavious white. You saw him last week, but new England threw the ball three times. So th- that's not a, that's not a measuring stick there. So this week you're going to finally see what does the bills defense look like without arguably their best defensive player. Uh, you're going to be able to see it. And I think it's, it's a huge, huge storyline that I don't think enough people are, are considering. Uh, I think they keep forgetting that Tredavious white, this is really the first true game that the bills are going to be tested without Tredavious white. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Bills defense has kind of been the ass end of jokes all week. All the memes that have been made up, a lot of people are clowning them right now, losing to a rookie quarterback who only threw the ball three times, right? I mean, the jokes write themselves here in this situation. But let's not forget the pace that they have been on the rest of the season, as you brought up, and now they're doing it without one of their top corners. A couple of other things that this Bills defense is able to do pretty efficiently that I look at, not only is their pass rush pretty good, but they have got a pair of linebackers that are pretty damn good as well. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds are just a couple of studs, man. I mean, when you look at linebacker cores in the NFL, I'm a little biased, so I'm going to say Devin White and Levante David are getting it done. But Milano and Edmonds, they are without a doubt one of the uh, the better duos in the league, too. And I think they do a big part in carrying what this defense of Buffalo is able to do. Yeah, and I mean, Buffalo, really, they're a defense with, with really good players uh, at all three levels. Um, you know, they don't have all-stars at all at all three levels, but um, yeah, they do a really good job of having really good players. Uh, Jordan Poyer and, uh, and I believe it's Micah Hyde in the back end. Um, fantastic safety duo. Like we talked about Travis white, really good. Obviously won't be playing in this one, but then you talk about Milano and Edmonds, both guys have really, especially Milano, he's really blossomed into a really good player. And then up front, you got Ed Oliver, uh, Star Lutele uh, will not be playing in this game. He's out, I believe. Um, that's a break. Uh, he, he's not the greatest player, but he's a good player. So that's definitely a break for the Bucks. Um, but yeah, they're they're a good they're a good team. You know, they're they're a good defense. There's a reason these numbers aren't you know aren't fluky, right? Now 
I will say the Bills have played some backup quarterbacks this season. They have played some easier offenses. Maybe the numbers are skewed a tad, but you don't get those good of numbers without being a really good defense, right? If they were seventh, eighth, then maybe you could say, well, how good is this defense even playing? But if you, when you're first in almost everything, you're a good defense. And, and the challenge is going to be very big for the Bucks, who still have not scored under 30 points yet this season in Raymond James Stadium. So it'll be very interesting to see you know, will the Bucks' home streak, will it break? Will their streak of scoring 30 will break? Will, will both break? Will one of them break? You know, I'm more concerned about the home win streak breaking. You know, you, you don't, I don't care how you get the win, just get the win, right? But I don't care if it's 13 to 10, who cares? Um, so I think that that's a big key. Uh, and I, you know, Brian Shaw brings it up. The Bills are missing some starters on, on defense for this game. So, it's going to be important. I, I'm really curious to see the, the Bucks' plan of attack here because, as we saw on Monday night, the Bills got ran all over, and that's their weakness. Jonathan Taylor and the Colts, the two, uh, three weeks prior, ran all over them. <laughs> like they, they ran all over them. Um, and then Carson Wentz barely did anything in that game. And then uh, Mac Jones, three passing attempts. So the Bucks' strength is passing, right? We all know it. They threw it 51 times with Tom Brady last week. How patient are the Bucs going to be able to be? And I think that's going to be the key. How patient are you going to be to not be able to force the ball into a really good pass defense? You know, how patient can you be? How long can you stick with the formula of maybe not, you're not going to run it as much as New England or even Indy did. I still think Carson went through the ball like 20 times. Brady will throw more than that, but. How patient can you be as far as taking them deep shots down the field, taking the check downs? You've done so well at that in the past. I hope you just don't get greedy now because you're at home. You're on the national stage. You're trying to put on a show. Stick to your game plan. Stick to what works. And I do believe that, you know, you'll, you'll have the results that you want. You'll have good results against this defense because there is some holes that you can exploit. Yeah. That was one of the things I wanted to bring up just as far as what the Bucks on offense have been able to do inside Raymond James Stadium, the level of success that they have had, the way that this offense just works at home, especially the pass game. I mean, I don't have Tom Brady's stats inside Ray J in front of me right now, but I guarantee you he is playing like a man possessed inside of that stadium because of the sheer amount of touchdowns he threw between the Chicago Bears and the Miami Dolphins, right? I mean, he threw five touchdowns, what, against the Falcons the first game, too? I mean, the way that this offense has worked inside Raymond James doesn't seem like it's just sheer coincidence at this point, but something has to give, and I think we're going to find out by the end of the first quarter on Sunday what's going to give. Are, are, are the Bucks going to come out and you know try and air it out kind of like you said put on a show how patient are they going to be are they going to commit to the run game I, I think this week of all weeks you kind of have to look at that measuring stick of you know how far just like you said how patient can you be before Leonard Fournette starts actually getting some momentum and running guys over and you know starts wearing out that defense like are they going to be rearing to throw the ball at that point are they going to be playing from behind I think that's also important is is Really, how this offense starts is going to tell us how this afternoon is going to go for the Bucks. If they get the ball, let's say they win the coin toss. Seems like the Bucks are this kind of greedy team where they'll probably just go ahead and receive, right? Get the ball first, try and get some points on the board, get out ahead of Buffalo. 
if that first offensive drive looks like the same old song and dance we've seen so many times this season where Brady goes out there, does his things, hits several targets on his way to the end zone, right? Then it'd be pretty interesting to see where they go from there. But if it's if it's a quick three and out after, you know, a run on first down and then two throws after that, I'm just curious to see how they respond to that and then what the what the game plan is going forward because that's just that's the tipping point in this game is what the Bills are going to allow the Bucks offense to do. They have the ability. They're at home. They can throw all over these guys and put up 50 points. But if that defense is ready for it, you know, how patient are the Bucks going to be? It's a waiting game. It's pretty much going to be up to them to answer at that point. And, uh, you know, if that offense can't get going early and they're playing from behind, this could end up like, uh, you know, the Colts game did for a little while where it just felt uneasy and it felt like, Really, no matter what they did, it was, you know, too little, too late. They did end up winning, but the Bills are a better team than the Colts, at least right now. So, you know, just just one of those things that I'm going to be watching. But, yeah, tons of storylines with the offense this Sunday. I think that's going to be probably what people take away the most from this one. Well, I'm not convinced that the Bills are better than the Colts just because the Colts literally just destroyed them. Like, Yeah, that's I mean, fair. They did get the – it was what, like them. 48 to 11 or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, they beat him in Buffalo too. Um, so, and also, but I will say, yeah, Josh Allen is better than Carson Wentz. I will say that. So if this yeah. is like the Colts game, I trust Josh Allen more to handle that and not Carson Wentz because, you know, he had some trouble with turnovers there. Um, you talk about how good Brady's been at, at Ray J and I was just thinking in my head, I believe he's only thrown three interceptions at Raymond James stadium and <laughs> they are literally all the fluky ones, the Hail Mary, the Leonard Fournette screen pass goes right through his hands. That's two. That's the opener, right? In Ray J didn't throw one against the Falcons. He didn't throw one against the Dolphins. He didn't throw one against the bears and he threw one against the giants when it went right through Mike Evans hands. So every, all three of his interceptions at Raymond James stadium, he should actually have no interceptions inside that stadium right now. He should legit have no interception. I love, um, I just, I love that every time we talk about Tom Brady's interceptions, there's always a giant <sighs> asterisk right next to it. And I think what hurts me the most is that, uh, I don't know if you saw that sound bite. It was from an interview where somebody had asked Tom, what is your least favorite like stat to see? And he hates interceptions thrown. So, I mean, obviously it's going to piss a guy like Tom off, but you know, when we talk about his MVP campaign so far this 21 season, those uh, those five interceptions that weren't his fault could go a long way in January. Bothers me. So it bothers <laughs> me in my core. I still think about them. I, I'm just, I keep going over them in my head. And I, every time I look at the stats, I'm like, this isn't right. It's, like, it's you this. and Tom both. I think, I think Tom stays up yeah, in it's the just, middle it, of the it's night. It's just me and Tom. It's something about me and him that just, we have this connection. <laughs> Well, you're both you're both former MVPs. I think you said it. Yeah, I've said that. I've Mm -hmm. said that, of Mm -hmm. course. Um, It's just, you know, when when you get characters like me and Tom together, when you get us, you know, thinking great minds think alike. Right. Just a couple of winners. Yeah. Just just a couple of just superstars. Um, (laughs) You know, great minds tend to think alike. And Tom Brady has had the worst interception luck. Um, I, I think. Yeah, Brian might be right. Uh, he's probably only thrown about five legit interceptions that are his fault, and maybe even less than that, honestly. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, but 
still the front runner for MVP, I believe. So, like I said, I I hope he's able to, to join me in my trophy case uh, of MVPs. Uh, I hope he's able to match me. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he should be fine. But I talked about it. Uh, I believe on the last show we did. These next two games are going to determine. I believe John Ledger said the same thing. John Ledger from Pewterport, same thing. Um, these next two games are going to determine whether he wins or loses the MVP. If you play well, even if you don't win, right? Even if you don't win, if you play well, you're probably going to win the MVP. But I mean, if you play bad, if you you throw up, you know, 180 yards, one touchdown, two picks, and you lose, yeah, that that MVP is probably gone. Right. Because this is both these get next two games are at home. They're on the national stage. You'll have a chance to clinch the NFC South probably in both games. Um, you know, it, it's it's time to step up. And if if he does, I think it, it's going to be, you know, his, his MVP to lose pretty much. So we'll see. And uh, I'm really curious to see this offensive game plan. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to this matchup. And as we talk about the possibility of a lot of points being scored by the offenses in this one, let's go ahead and flip the script and look at what Buffalo brings to the table. So for the Bills, uh, you know, speaking of MVP front runners, while this guy hasn't been as hot this year as he was last season, the Buffalo Bills still do have 2020 MVP candidate Josh Allen at her center, and uh, they got Stephon Diggs. Their offensive line is also nothing to sneeze at, so... While the offensive weapons aren't going to be as overloaded as a team like Tampa Bay is, when you still have a guy as athletic as Josh Allen under center and someone like Stephon Diggs, who uh, has a lot of experience ending seasons for New Orleans, you know, it's a uh, dangerous combination. And I think if I think if the Bucs allow Buffalo and this offense to really get rolling, you know, like I keep alluding to, I think it's just going to be a ton of points between these two teams if it gets to that point. But when you look at the Bills on offense, you know, aside from Josh Allen, aside from Stephon Diggs, what else do they bring to the table? Because I think there are definitely some slept on pieces here. I like their running back room. Um, I've always thought their running back room was uh, a solid room. Uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Zach Moss is the guy I wanted the Bucks to pick instead of the infamous Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, Zach Moss was picked a few picks after him. They've been good. Um, they haven't been great, but like Buffalo is another team just like Tampa. Like they don't really value the running back position like that. Like they, they're not looking for that workhorse type of guy. So um, both those guys do their jobs really well. Like you said, the offensive line's good. Um, Cole Beasley, obviously you have to watch out for him. Uh, Dawson Knox, who had a really rough game last week. I think he's going to want to bounce back. The Bucks still have trouble covering the tight end. Uh, so I think the Bills might look for that matchup an awful lot. It really, you know, there's not a whole lot to talk about in this Bills offense because as Josh Allen goes, so do they, right? If Josh Allen struggles, I don't think there's enough uh, on the Bills offense to overcome it. Uh, and I, I just think they're going to have a rough day. But if Josh Allen's on, this this offense is near unstoppable um, or unstoppable, I should say. Uh, it's it's just it, it's very difficult he can do a lot of things with his legs obviously he has a rocket of an arm he can just he can do so many things and it's dangerous it's dangerous with a guy like that who can you think you have him sacked but he's not doesn't have lamar jackson speed but he's able to get away and he's able to, to hurt you with his legs and if you let him 
you know, he, he's going to. Um, this might be the incorrect comparison here, but maybe he's got like, I don't know, Taylor Heineke kind of speed. I mean, even Heineke's well, he's fast, not that He's probably bad. faster than Heineke. Yeah, just because he's yeah. got the height on him. I feel like he's a full foot taller than that guy. He probably is, but hey. Actually, don't you remember that? His his pre-draft measurables, Josh Allen is really tall.com. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that I was remember. good stuff, I, man. He, 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 he looks good in shorts. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Everybody, everybody was making fun of him because they thought he sucked. Again, while he isn't exactly on pace for 50 touchdowns this year, he's right around 25 so far on the season. He's still a guy that can make you pay. And I think he's one of those quarterbacks where – in the long run, he's going to have a good career, but if he's he going, gets, he's, he's going to win an MVP. Sure, yeah, I think before it's he all is. said and done, he'll have an MVP in his trophy case. But you know, he is the kind of guy where if he gets going, if he gets warmed up, and Tampa Bay gives him that opportunity, he's going to take it. But uh, th- this brings me to my next point, and we'll start talking about the Buccaneers' defense here and and what they're going to have to bring into this contest. I think uh, it's another big week for the pass rush. You know, we, we've talked every single week about the pass rush and getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, making them uncomfortable in the pocket. It's always a little tougher to do when you have guys who can scramble, who can get away from pressure, because even against lesser quarterbacks, it seems like the Bucs still sometimes have trouble wrapping them up behind the line of scrimmage, right? Not allowing the quarterback to get outside the numbers, get outside the pocket, make a play using his legs. Josh Allen can definitely do just that. But even last week against Matt Ryan, five total sacks on the day, And the rest of the afternoon was uh, pretty hectic for Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Now, that offensive line is a hell of a lot different than Buffalo's (laughs) offensive line. But I still think the expectations need to remain the same. If you expect to slow down this Buffalo offense and get Josh Allen out of a rhythm, it's going to have to happen the same way it does against any other quarterback in the NFL. The pressure has to get there. And uh, I'm looking for more of what they brought to the table last week, this week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, uh, the big thing yet again is Josh Allen is mobile. Matt Ryan is not, right? Some of the sacks that uh, Matt Ryan took, maybe Josh Allen's able to scramble out of, right? And he's a strong dude. We know that. Um, so maybe he's able to break a sack or two. It's, it's going to be more difficult to bring him down. Um, but you're right. It is a big week for the pass rush. Um, you want to talk about making any quarterback uncomfortable. Starts with the pass rush. And there, there's a little bit of a connection um between i I forget who wrote on it this week uh but there's a little bit of a connection because the bucks actually had the seventh overall pick and they traded back with the buffalo bills uh the bills were trading up to take josh allen and the bucks traded back and took vita vea with one of the second round picks that the bucks acquired they picked carlton davis so it's uh really come you know full circle i i think and uh, the other one, I think it was MJ Stewart they picked. So not great, but. Um, hey, well, he's, yeah, well, uh, I mean, he's doing the best he can in Cleveland now, right? It's Cleveland. <laughs> um, Still the Browns. Uh, so, I, I mean, you know, it's really come full circle. And I think Vita Vea is going to be a big key in, in stopping Josh Allen. If you can get that consistent pressure up the middle, I trust the 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 linebackers enough. Uh, Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon-Shoenka, Jace Bear-Paul, even Anthony Nelson, Cam Gill, they've been playing well. I trust yeah. them enough to be able to keep contain and, and be able to, to keep him inside the pocket. And if you can get the inside push uh, like Sue and like Faye have, uh, especially over the past few weeks, you can have a lot of success. 
you brought up Cam Gill and Anthony Nelson. Let's take a second, recognize how well those guys have been playing. And as we kind of talk about the pass rush attack here, I think it's even more important that you bring the pressure with all the guys that you just listed, because as we talk about the other linebackers on this team, there is one in particular who is usually sent full speed off of a blitz. That's uh, number 45, Devin White, one of Todd Bull's favorite guys to send at the quarterback. Well, there were some reports this week that came out that, uh, you know, clearly Devin White is not 100% at this point in the season. Uh, he already went down against the Colts. I thought he was going to miss the rest of that game. Came back in the second half and, and wrapped things up. Played a whole game after that. Did pop up on the injury report last week, but... You know, he's still not playing 100%. It's nice to see him out there. I think he's a huge integral part of this defense. But as far as, like, you know, sending people on the blitz, I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, either see Devin White kind of miss or I, I don't know. I just I just know he's not playing 100%. And, and that's, you know, something that I think about as far as getting after the quarterback because he's one of those guys where if Todd Bowles is going to send a blitz, it usually starts and ends with uh, number 45. Yeah, and, and real quick, just – disclaimer Rhett's talking about missed like a tackle not missed the game yeah no, um, no it, i think i i think most people knew that right i yeah in today's day he's, and age, he's not gonna know. miss the game he's gonna you play never, he practiced you know. this week. anyways um he wasn't even on the injury report this week yeah. so um but he, i mean he was on the injury report before that colts game the injury actually happened in one of the last plays of the giants game uh he was on the injury report all week played in the colts game exited the Colts game, came back into the Colts game, and then played all of last week. So, yeah, he's, he's battling through it. Look, uh, when you hear this, I bet you most guys on that roster and every single roster, they ain't 100% right now. So this time of year, everybody's hurt. It's different levels of hurt, right? It's different levels of injury. Uh, and hopefully it's something that he doesn't re-aggravate or anything or make worse. Uh, I, I think if he had the potential to make it worse, he wouldn't be playing right now because they, they need to look at the long picture here. Um, but I, I think yeah, he should be fine. But yeah, maybe, maybe you don't see as explosive. Who knows? Uh, Levante David is, you know, a lot of the reasons they blitz Devin White is because Levante David, while he's not perfect in coverage, he's much better than Devin White in coverage. I mean, Devin White is abysmal still in, in pass coverage. Um, so I, a lot of times that's why they have trouble covering the tight ends and the running backs because Devin White just is not able to, to cover these guys. And Levante David's not, fantastic at it but he's much better than white and that's why you see white blitz a lot and you know it's i'm not sure if you want to blitz josh allen it, it, he's a tough quarterback the game plan for i really do believe that um and then obviously in the secondary um should be relatively healthy uh same group jamel dean returned to practice I don't believe he's clear concussion protocol yet, but the, the sign that he's returned to practice and participated today uh, is really a good sign for his status. Uh, if he can't go, it'd probably be Ross Cockrell stepping in. So, you know, you still have Carlton Davis there. He's going to be up against Stephon Diggs. Diggs is a receiver that I just, I feel like Davis might struggle against. Yeah, it's like tough. He, and I mean, this he is... struggles against those, you know, twitchy. I wouldn't say Diggs is little, but I mean, he's just so good, such a good route runner. And Carlton Davis usually struggles against those type of guys. So I'm really curious to see that matchup. Well, that's my favorite adjective that you use to describe certain receivers is twitchy. Um, right. You know, just those quick guys off of the line of scrimmage. You know, Carlton's a physical guy at the line, but if he gets beat, 
you know, it, it could be a long day because we have seen it happen before. But, you know, it's important to mention, too, that Carlton Davis is still a guy who's coming back from injury. I mean, he Absolutely. just returned to the team last week. So he's really starting to get his bearings back about him. It's not like he wasn't playing like one of the better corners in the league before he got injured. It's just that recovery process. And this is without a doubt going to be a huge test for him on Sunday afternoon. As we start to wrap things up here, I, I want to go ahead and get to our final segment of the show. It's about that time. Ladies and gentlemen, every single week here on the game preview, we do something called the weekly checklist. And basically what it is, we put together a list of uh, three or more things the Buccaneers have to do if they uh, if they want to be victorious this week against the visiting Buffalo Bills. So, Evan, I'm going to toss it over to you, my friend. What do you have for the checklist this week? Sorry to put you on the spot. No, you're good. The uh, first thing, I you know, be disciplined uh, as far as penalties and stuff go. Just don't beat yourselves. Uh, against a good team like this, we've talked all year about oh, the Bucks didn't play great today, and but they won. And against a good team, they'll have to play better. This is that good team. Like you're going to get beat if you don't play disciplined football and you don't play good football. So you're gonna have to play disciplined. Not many pre-snap penalties. The good news, they've been cleaning it up, right? They've been cleaning it up really oh, yeah. well, and you're gonna need that to continue. You you, you really are. Um, for the second one. Like I said earlier, just on offense, you gotta be patient. You, you can't, you can't come out guns ablazing and trying to get a forty-yard bomb to Gronkowski because guess what? It's not gonna work, right? Like it's it's not. So do what works, right? What has worked for you the past few weeks? It's been mostly the short game, right? Now I understand you're playing the the Giants, not that great competition. Playing the Colts, that was a tough game. Brady played well. Um, I thought, you know, he played much better than people thought. Um, but and then obviously he played the Falcons. So the defenses you're you're playing is not on the level of this Buffalo defense. I get it. But that still doesn't mean you just completely throw out your game plan that's been working. I think you gotta stick to your game plan. You gotta be able to use Leonard Fournette. He's been reliable catching the ball on the backfield. You got to use him. I think you still have to use Chris Godwin. Uh, I'm curious if he's going to cover Mike Evans. I'm not exactly sure who the Bills are going to have cover him, um, but you got to be able to exploit some matchups. And maybe this is the week with, you know, with Gronkowski, you know, the Bills have good linebackers and good safeties. I don't know how much of a factor Gronkowski is going to be in this one. So maybe this is the week that Tyler Johnson, or, or Scotty Miller, somebody other than Mike Evans or Chris Godwin in the receiver room is finally going to be able to step up. Because right now the Bucs are getting zero production from anybody. Rashad Perryman, uh, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, nothing. They're getting nothing from those guys. So maybe this is the week with the Bills being down a corner, having to you know devote so many resources to Godwin and Evans and Gronkowski. Maybe this is the week for a guy like TJ to step up and, and, and get a few yards. Um, but like I said, just be patient. That's, that's the thing on, on the checklist before and, and two and go, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, before we get to the last checklist, I did have a, um, a question here in the chat from our buddy, Willie Beeman, but go ahead. We'll ask you in a second. Um, yeah. So for, for the final one, I just think you gotta be able to, you know, with the corners, we talked about it, right? I think Cole Beasley is is a tough assignment. It seems like those little white slot guys 
are just so difficult for the Bucks to manage. I mean, Cole Beasley's been doing it for a while, right? Um, but I feel like if you're devoting so much attention to Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley is, is going to really hurt you. So, um, you know, you, or just watch out for him. It's pretty simple. I don't really have an in-depth take on that. Just watch out for him. He's been good. He's been really good. So, um, you know, keep an eye out for him. Yeah, one more thing on the topic of, uh, you know, these wide receiver cornerback matchups for this Sunday's game. Our moderator holding it down, Willie Beeman here in the live chat with a great question, has to do with uh, Jamel Dean. Given he's ready to go in time for Sunday's game, uh, do you think it would be a better idea to put Jamel Dean's speed on a guy like Stephon Diggs as opposed to Carlton Davis, who we know has a history of not faring very well against more of those uh, twitchy guys, as you like to say? Yeah, so twitchy to me, when I use that word, I don't use that. I'll describe somebody as a burner when I think they're super fast. I think Diggs is fast. He's not Tyree Kill fast. And I understand, well, nobody's really Tyree Kill fast. I get it. But like, he's not like that type of receiver. The thing that would worry me about putting Dean on him is Dean still tends to bite a little bit on double moves. And with Diggs route running ability, I think Diggs could get him to bite on a few double moves for a few pretty big plays. So I'm not sure about that. Um, I'd maybe try Murphy bunting there before I would try Dean, just because Murphy bunting seems to do a little bit of a better job of keeping, you know, his contain there on those double moves. But, hey, I mean, I would start off with Carlson Davis, right? I'd go strength versus strength, see how it starts off. If it doesn't start off well, you can always switch it up. But, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. That's that's going to be a huge factor in this game. Oh, yeah. And as we uh, start to officially wrap things up for the evening, it is the moment that uh, not only a lot of the people listening have been waiting for, but myself. I- I'm I'm very curious about this one. It is our final score prediction. And the reason I am so interested this week and what Evan has to say in particular is because uh, last time we talked on Wednesday, he did not know he was going to pick in this game. And when we, I don't know, touched base about an hour ago before starting this podcast, he told me, I still don't know who I'm going to pick this week. As far as I know, you haven't put out your prediction post over on uh, Bucks Daily on Instagram. Follow him there for great Buccaneers content. But you haven't put any post up over there thinking who you have winning this game. So I'm very curious to hear who you have. Score predictions, you go first. Pressure, pressure's on you, and I'm not going to apologize for putting you on the spot this time. What have you got? Well, I did do that on purpose. I didn't post my prediction. I was like, you know, I'm not doing it. I'm like, I'm just going to wait. I can post it on Saturday, whatever. Okay, so, yeah, I, I went back and forth on this all week, and there was a reason. Like, normally, like I said, by Thursday or so, I have a pretty good idea on what I'm feeling for the game. Um, you know, I have a pretty good idea. I always like to look at the injury reports, so I never like to base it on Tuesday or Wednesday because things change. Who knows, right? If Ryan Jensen was out for this game, it'd be a whole different story, right? That's a huge loss. Uh, Ryan Jensen seems to be fine, so... Um, but yeah, I, I think about midway through, I think I figured out what I was gonna do. Um, and I think, I think it's it's gonna be a high scoring game. Um, I think it could be low scoring. It would not surprise me if it was a low scoring game. It would. Buffalo's defense is still good, and I think you know the Bucks defense does play better at home than they do on the road. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's a low scoring game. But I do think it's kind of high scoring. And I think it's going to be 31 to 27. The Bucks are going to win. 
I, I think the Bucks are going to win. Um, TV 12 Goatman had my exact score. Shout out TV 12 Goatman. Um, yeah, I, I think the Bucks are going to win. I, I'm going to give them the edge because they're at home. If it was in Buffalo, I'm probably picking the Bills. But I'm going to give the Bucks the edge because they're a different team at home. We've talked about this. I think the Bucks' streak at home will remain. They will be 6-0 and this season and will not have lost in over a year at Ram James Stadium. And their streak of scoring 30-plus in every home game will also remain the same. So I think they're a different team at home. They're especially a different offense at home. And I think that's going to make the difference. I think they just make one more play than Josh Allen can. I think Josh Allen's going to have the ball left with 40 seconds or so down four. I just think the defense is going to wear them out. And I don't think they'll make some spectacular pick or anything, but they'll just, you know, the bills won't be able to get in the end zone. Kind of like Pittsburgh was last night. Um, maybe, so, maybe we'll see another Pierre Desir game clinching interception, maybe, huh? May, maybe, uh-huh. maybe. Um, but yeah, I think this could, has the makings of a really good game. And I think the Bucks are going to win. I think they they want to come out and they want to make a statement. But the Bills will be desperate. The Bills will be very desperate. And I actually, during the season prediction show, I predicted this to be a loss. So now I am going back on my season predictions and I'm predicting the Bucks to win this game. I like it. I like it. I, I do agree. I think this is a very high-scoring game. Given what Tampa's offense has been able to do at home, I think the momentum carries, but you know, obviously the big storyline in this is is how desperate Buffalo is, how badly they need to win, how badly they need to win against the defending Super Bowl champions to still Pretty be competitive for the playoffs. I, I mean, you know, this is a huge game on both sides. Both teams desperately need a win. Buffalo probably a little bit more than the Bucks, but obviously for Tampa Bay's case, you're hunting down that one seed, and with the one seed, comes home field advantage in the playoffs if the bucks of all teams can get a first round bye and home field advantage in the playoffs come on dude i mean this is a different team at home i think it's going to show this sunday no pressure at all because i say this it's probably going to be a snooze fest but i think this has all the makings of being game of the year for tampa bay with that being said i'm picking tom brady and the bucks to remain undefeated inside ray J shocker yeah i know huge shock there Rhett's picking the bucks folks by i a don't score. think i don't you haven't picked against them yet no this i haven't i uh i'm nine and three on the year basically is is my record for predicting games now my season predictions was a little more accurate and i think my season predictions i may have picked them to win this one this was one of those big games that i was on the fence about i think i picked them to win but i'm definitely picking them to win this week by a final score of 37 to 34 it's going to be some good television. I think it could be the best game of the year, not only for the Bucks, not only for the Bills, but for the NFL. It's not even a primetime game, and I have got that high of expectations for it. But I think if both of these offenses show up on Sunday, it really is going to be some fireworks. I am excited for it, and hopefully the Buccaneers emerge 10-3 and three, and another step closer towards that coveted one seed in the NFC playoff picture. With that being said, Ladies and gentlemen, actually, let me read some live score predictions here. Brian Shaw says 31-27 bucks. Willie Beeman says get the likes up, guys. Thank you so much for holding it down, by the way, Willie. You're the man. Johnny Johnson says bucks 38-21. TB12 Goatman, same score as you, 31-27 Tampa Bay. Will the Brewer, 24-21 bucks. Scotty Lux says 21-18 Tampa Bay. And uh, I don't see any more. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, 
that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys for staying up late and hanging out with us live on YouTube. It's, uh, you know, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content, of course, throughout the course of the season and beyond. Yeah, and it's free. Doesn't cost you a damn thing to subscribe. YouTube.com forward slash Cannon Fire Podcast. Best way to experience the show. If you like listening to the podcast, though, you can check us out on any major podcast platform, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Also, major, minor, breaking news announcement, programming announcement. We haven't made one of those here for a while. Uh, the Cannonfire podcast is also now officially available on Amazon Music. So if you have an Amazon Alexa, you could probably tell it to play the latest episode of the Cannonfire podcast, and it'll do just that. Also supported on Google Home devices. I don't know if this is going to be able to be picked up, but let me see here. Hey, Google, play the latest episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Could hear it very faint. Yeah. It was there, folks. Yeah. It was there, though. Yeah, play the latest it. episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Sorry it's not that loud. Okay, Google, stop. I don't need a podcast playing behind the podcast. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, try it out, guys, with your own devices at home. I gave you a live example there, and uh, it's an awesome feature. Great way to listen to the show. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. Rapidly approaching 30,000 followers. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Well, that's the show, folks. We will talk to you Sunday after the game. We'll be live right here on YouTube.com forward slash Canifier Podcast with everything you need to know. Hopefully, it is a Buccaneers win. We'll be talking to you about, but win, lose, or draw, we will be here. Sunday afternoon is the next time we talk to you. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys then. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.